This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Well, praise God. I've been ministering on the Holy Spirit, mainly fellowshipping with the Holy Spirit. I mean, people have been receiving something from these messages. Glory to God. And so we've been looking at a uh, scripture here all month in 2 Corinthians 13, 14. The message I'll be reading out this morning, and it's a it's like a benediction that Paul gave at the end of one of his letters. He says, may the amazing grace of the master, Jesus Christ, the extravagant love of God and the intimate friendship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. And so, you know, God wants he 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 doesn't want us just following a bunch of rules to try to. You know, stay in line with. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? That this this Christian walk is not a bunch of rules. Amen. It's not based on on, on keeping the Ten Commandments, even though the Ten Commandments is part of the covenant. It's based on a relationship, and we need to learn to develop our relationship with the Lord. Amen. And I I don't know about you, but I want to get close to God. And I and I know, listen, can I say something this morning? More of God is a good thing. Can I more of the devil is a bad thing. (laughs) So more of God is a good thing. More of the devil. Do we got that? Are you in agreement there? That's why you're here this morning, right? You want more of God. Why? You want more life. See, I don't know if we're if we're living the abundant life that Jesus paid for. And Jesus paid, he said that we may have life and have it what? More abundantly. And I want to walk in that abundance. How many people want to walk in abundance of life in here? I want more peace. I want more joy. I want more power. How many people want more power? Amen. I'm in the right group this morning. So, so I, 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 I believe that, that there's a lot of churches out here. Thank God, you know, God's raised a lot of churches. Some churches has discounted the power of God in their services, but not this church. We believe in the power of God. Amen. We believe that God still moves. Glory to God. And so some churches don't they 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 discount. They discount the miracles and and the gifts of the spirit. And today I'm going to talk to you about the gifts of the spirit today. And and, and it says here this is really good in first Corinthians uh, two, one and two. Uh, this is uh, Paul. And he says, and brethren, when I came to you, I did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. So what what Paul was saying is he was saying that, you know, he had, you know, Paul had a lot of degrees. He was very educated. And uh, sometimes, you know, we can be overeducated. Amen. We can think too much and we can think the miracles of God right out of the Bible. And uh, and here he's saying that he's not coming to us with excellent speech. And he said he, he, he didn't want to know anything but but Jesus Christ and him crucified. What, what did Paul preach? He preached. He preached Acts 1038. Acts 1038 says this way, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Can somebody say power? So it says here that, that, that Jesus was anointed. See, I'm going to say this to you today. You are anointed. Regardless of what you're going through, 
regardless of what you're encountering, you are anointed. Somebody say, I'm anointed. You got to believe that. You got to believe you're anointed. But pastor, I, I failed yesterday. But pastor, I, 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 I sinned last week. But yeah, you may have missed the mark. The Bible says a good man will fall seven times. A good man. But he'll rise back up. As long as you're getting back up. As long as you're getting back up, you will win. Just get back up. Brush yourself off and start all over again. Amen. And so and so here he's saying here that 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 he preached Jesus crucified. And uh, and and it says in Acts 10, 38, this was Peter preaching the gospel. He said that Jesus was endued with with the Holy Spirit and with power and how Jesus went about doing good and and healing all those that were oppressed of the devil. You're anointed. You, You have the 007 anointing. What does that mean? Well, see, 007, anybody know what I'm talking about here? Uh, that, you know, anybody ever watch 007? Anybody like those old movies? Anybody out there? Anybody out there? You don't want to even raise your hand. <laughs> I kind of like them, you know. And, uh, and so, but 007 was licensed to kill. But see, you're licensed to heal. <laughs> Let's say triple seven. You're licensed to heal. <laughs> Amen. Are you? Say, I'm licensed to heal. You're licensed to heal glory to God. So, so you, have, you have power, amen? And I love this because it says in, in uh, a reading on down here, it says here in verse 4 and 5 of 1 Corinthians 2, 4 and 5, it says, And my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and power that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Sometimes, you know, theologians will study the Bible. And listen, there's two parts to make this Bible come alive. Okay, there's the word of God and then there's the spirit of God. And you have to have the word and you have to have the spirit. But if you have the word only, you'll dry up. And if you have the spirit only without the word, you'll blow up. In other words, you become a little flaky. Have you ever seen those people out there? They don't read the Bible. They don't know a lot of word, but they do a lot of praying. Hello. And they get crazy revelations that doesn't line up with the word. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? So but when you have the spirit of God and you have the word of God working together, you grow up. And so I just don't want to have just the word. And the word is powerful, but I want to have the spirit of God operating with the word of God, which will cause dunamis power to operate in our lives. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And I need the power. How many people need the power in here? And I'm going to talk to you today about being empowered by the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to talk to you today about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to say this, that. That this is a controversial subject. Hello. What, Pastor? In other words, um, uh, there's a lot of the church that they're doing a lot of good things, getting people saved. But they're only giving giving the, the Christians part of salvation. And you need the whole package. Somebody say, I need the whole package. I don't want to. You know, if, if, if God has something for me, I want it. 
Are you hearing what I'm saying? If God has something for me that's going to help me uh, walk this Christian life and help me to be a more powerful witness for him, I want it. Amen. And so so here uh, we're going to talk to you about the baptism of Jesus, Jesus's baptism. And in Matthew three eleven, uh, this is uh, uh, John is saying, I indeed this is John the Baptist. And he's saying, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who comes after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And fire. And in Mark, it actually says again in Mark 1 8, I indeed baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Luke 3 16 says it again. So so it, it's interesting that 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 this is placed in all the gospels and in John. In John 13, uh, John 1, 32 and 34. And John bore witness, saying, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And he remained upon him, and I did not know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water said to me, Upon whom you see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, this is he who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. And I have seen him testify that this is the Son of God. So we see here that, that there is a baptism of the Holy Spirit as called the baptism of fire. That kind of sounds a little scary, Pastor. I don't know if I want that. I'm going to talk to you today about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You may be sitting here this morning and saying, I've already heard this or I know about the baptism. But listen, it's good just to get more information. How does faith come? By hearing and hearing the word of God. So listen, if you're going to walk in great faith. I got that this week. I, I've heard that scripture quote. I've quoted it many times, but somebody was quoting that on TV, another minister. You know, I watch ministers. Why? Because I, I, I could learn from other ministers. I can, I can receive from other ministers. So I'm, I'm, I'm constantly trying to receive uh, truth into my system. Amen. Amen. The more truth, the more word, the more light, the more freedom. And I, and I need to walk in more freedom. So, so I'm going to talk to you today about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And, 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 well, let me just finish that thought. The more you hear the word, the more, and you listen to it, the, 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 the stronger it's, it, the, the more you're going to believe it. And I'm, it, it works the same way with a lie. The more you hear a lie or hear an untruth and you accept an untruth, the more you're going to believe that. Amen. And so that's that's where, you know, that's where we got to be very careful in what we listen to. Even the news. Hello. Because not every news outlet is speaking the truth. And it's all and a lot of the news is I know it might be said is slanted to towards people's opinions and their viewpoints and how they see things. And they will slant it in a certain way where you will make something sound like. Wow, that must be true. And it may not be true. So, so what I like to do is with the Bible and when I'm ministering up here, I like to back everything I say with the word of God. And hopefully with two or three witnesses. Because the Bible says out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be, uh, be confirmed. So, so I want to make sure that I'm teaching you truth today. Amen. That I'm not that 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 I, I'm just not going to. 
teach you uh, religion. I'm not going to teach you tradition. No, I'm going to teach you some truth. And the truth will set you free. So number one, the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it's not being baptized in the body of Christ. I'm going to, I'm going to say this right now. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is not being baptized in the body of Christ. First Corinthians 12, 13 says it this way. For by one spirit, you were all baptized in one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, all have been made to drink into one spirit. Now, this is Paul, and he's saying that, that when you receive Jesus, you are immersed into the body of believers. You are actually, in, baptism means being in, immersed. Amen? So, so you you're, you're, you're now have a new family. Somebody say, I have a new family. Get used, look around, get used to your family. Amen. You have, you have a new family. Glory to God. Some of you might need a new family. Okay. We won't go there. I'll keep preaching. Some of you may not like your, your natural family or may not get along with your natural family. Are you here? Pray for them. Amen. But, but I'm telling you, if your natural family don't know God, if they're not saved, your real family. Now, this is just a plug. Your, your true family is the family of God. Now, they may be by blood, but by the spirit, the family of God. Amen. So so we have to look at this, that we're baptized in in the body. And so when you receive Jesus, uh, two things happens. When you receive Jesus, you you, you get a new heart or you get a new spirit. And so when you, you get a heart transplant. So in other words, you have a desire to show up at church on Sunday morning. See, if you didn't have Jesus on the inside of you, now some of you may be new or maybe checking us out for the first time. You may not have Jesus on the inside of you, but hopefully by the time I get done with this message, you're going to want Jesus. Because some are coming into the church that don't know God, but, but you're here, the regulars, you, 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 you guys, you love God. Somebody say, I love God. Just, just saying you love God helps you to love him more. Amen. Just letting him know you love him, even though you may be frustrated in your faith. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? You know, you get frustrated in your faith at times. You're not seeing the, the, the answer to your prayer and the enemy's trying to do everything to get you frustrated with God. Don't get frustrated with God. There is a time, there is a place for the blessing to drop down on each one of us. Right now, you might be in the cliff of the rock. Maybe nobody knows your name right now, but God will reveal his glory through you. Glory to God. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Now, listen. (laughs) Now, listen. Now, this, this is awesome. You get a new heart. But also you, you get the Holy Spirit, glory to God. It says in 1 Corinthians 3, 16, do you not know that you are the temple of God and, the, and that the spirit of God dwells in you? So wherever you go, you take God with you. Can I say that again? Wherever you go, you take God with you. You are the light. You are the salt of the earth. But pastor, I, I can't feel God. I, listen, we walk by faith and not by feelings. Just know that he is. Just start worshiping and praising him by faith. And, and you will feel God. Eventually, you'll sense the presence of God on your life. 
God's looking for those that will worship him. What? In spirit and in truth. Amen. So here, I love that. So, 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 so we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now, now, now I'm going to say this. In John 20, let's look at John 20, 21 and 22, because this is really powerful. This is when Jesus was already, uh, he went to the cross. He was raised from the dead. He has a glorified body now. Now he's, 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 he's talking to people. The Bible actually says that he was seen by 500 people. Amen. Other than his disciples. But he comes into a room where his disciples are at. And he walks in. And so in John 20, 21 and 22. So Jesus said to them, peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I so send you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, when I read that, I'm thinking, wow, you know, what, what I see in that passage is that the disciples got born again. In other words, they got the new spirit. They got the indwelling of the Holy Spirit in them. He said, receive the Holy Spirit. In other words, they got salvation. When you get salvation, you have the spirit within. But today I'm going to talk to you about the spirit upon. See, there's a difference between the spirit within and the spirit upon. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so here, you know, he said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's when I believe their spirits got transformed that day. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Amen. And so so the spirit came inside and now they're born again believers. Amen. And, And Jesus said, you must be born again. To enter the kingdom of God, to see the kingdom, you must be born. You must be born. In other words, you have to get a new spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And so, and so we see that, 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 that when you receive Christ, you receive that new spirit. And they received it in Jesus' name. Amen? And so, number, number two, the baptism of the Holy Spirit uh, is not water baptism. You know, sometimes I ask believers and... You know, I, I asked them, I said, are you baptized? In the, are you baptized in the Holy Spirit? And they say, yes. Amen. And I said, oh, you speak in tongues. And they say, no. So and so there's a disconnect there. And so they say, well, you don't have to speak in tongues to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Well, I'm going to I'm going to show you some scriptures that the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues go hand in hand. Oh, my pa- pastor. <laughs> Pastor, are you talking about speaking in tongues? That's of the devil, isn't it? Uh, when I was in the bars, I never spoke in tongues. Before I was saved and I served the devil, I never started speaking in tongues. Anybody serve the devil in here? Did you start speaking in tongues when you were serving? No, you don't see that happening in the bars or in the nightclubs. or in the. No, they don't do that kind of stuff. When I, I'm going to party. You are? Yeah, I'm partying this week. I'm going to be speaking in tongues like the devil. No, it, it doesn't happen. No, no, no. Speaking in tongues is a Bible thing. It's, it's a Bible thing. Amen. And so we need, we need to get a revelation of this. It says here that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is not water baptism. Matthew 28, uh, verses 19 and 20. Uh, I'm going to say this. If you receive Jesus... Uh, you should be you shouldn't even be praying about water baptism. You should be finding out when the next baptism is going on and get into it. 
In other words, if you receive Christ, you need to be water baptized. And you say, well, where is that at, Pastor? Where is that at in the scripture? Well, I'm glad you asked. In Matthew 28, 19 and 20, it says, go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. This is uh, the Great Commission, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always to the end of age. So Jesus said, go, therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son and Holy Ghost. What is he saying? He's saying that once you receive Christ, you you want to get water baptized. Why? You want to follow in the footsteps of Jesus. He was water baptized by John. Amen. And we want to be like our Lord and master. Amen. And so I love that. And water baptism identifies us with Christ's death, burial and resurrection. It's an outward expression of an inward work. Water baptism doesn't save you. What saves you is receiving Jesus as your Lord and Savior. But it, but it is a testimony to the world that you are saved. It, let me put it this way. Water baptism is like putting the wedding band on your finger with Christ. Have you ever heard that before? I know it's good, isn't it? I got that from another preacher. But anyway, <laughs> as I put in a wedding band, I, do you have your wedding band on? Or are you, courting the, are you still courting the world? Okay, I won't go there. But anyway, as so, a so water baptism, it says in Romans 6, 4, this is Paul speaking. He says, therefore, we were buried with him through baptism into death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. So, so he's saying here that, that we, as we get water baptized, it, it resembles the death, burial, and resurrection. Some of us are having problems with our flesh because we haven't been water baptized yet. And some of us that live lives that were pretty shaky need to be under the water a little longer. No, I'm kidding. But we get water baptized. Okay, I'm just kidding. But amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's talk about Jesus' baptism, okay? Jesus' baptism, uh, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. In Acts 1, uh, 4 and 8, uh, this is Jesus before he ascended up into heaven. He's speaking to his disciples and he's speaking to us. And he's saying, being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. Somebody say promise of the Father. Which he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptizes with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Now, listen, this is interesting. Jesus is saying that he's saying that these are born again believers now. But he says there's a promise that you need to wait on. There is a promise that that the father wants to give you. Amen. And then in, in, in one eight in eight, it says, but you shall receive power when the spirit, when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you shall be my witnesses uh, to me in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of earth. So 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 it sounds like to me that, you know, he he said he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait. So it sounds like to me he basically commanded them to, to get into a place where they can receive the power. And I don't know about you, but I want to be in a place with God where I'm walking in the power of God. 
I don't want to be struggling. I don't want to be struggling in my faith and trying to figure out. I want the, the power of God resident on the inside of me. Amen. And it says here. Now, 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 some would say, well, wasn't the baptism of the Holy Spirit just for the apostles? You know, when they were in that upper room, it was just for them to 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 reveal the truth of the Gospels. And, you know, some even preach that, you know, the, that that the gifts have have died with the last apostle that died. Uh, but but it's not in the Bible. You can't find there's no scripture or verse, but but I'm going to say this. Look, in 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 verse 12, 12 through 14 of first Corinthians, it says they returned to Jerusalem from the Mount called Olive, which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day journey. And when they had entered, they went up into the upper room where they were staying. Peter, James, John, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, James, the son of Ephesus, Simon, the zealot. Uh, Judas, the son of James, these all continued one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus. So Mary was with them and 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 with his brothers. And and this is interesting. Uh, when you go to verse 15, it says in those days, Peter stood up in the midst of the disciples altogether. Number the name was about one hundred and twenty. So we see that there was about one hundred and twenty people that's going to end up in the upper room in Acts chapter two. So it wasn't just for the 12 apostles of the Lamb. No, no, the, the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was for the 120. Amen. And so it says here in, in Acts 2, 1 through 4, when the day of Pentecost is fully come, they were all with one accord in one play, place. And suddenly, somebody say suddenly. suddenly. Ooh, see, God moves in suddenlies. I thought you, you, you never know when the blessing's going to drop. That's why you need to get in church. You never know when God's going to just open your eyes and your mind to some truth that's going to set you free from what the devil's been hindering you. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? I love that God moves in suddenlies. Suddenly, that sickness that was on your body was broken in Jesus' name. Suddenly, somebody came by and, and gave you a Holy Ghost handshake with a $100 bill in it. Suddenly, that you needed to pay a bill that you were stressing on. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Suddenly, and suddenly the power of God moved in that place and filled the entire room, glory to God. And they all began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave utterance. And so we see here that the baptism of the Holy Spirit, it, you know, I, I talked about the Holy Spirit is likened to wind. And, and he came in like a like a mighty Russian wind. And they all begin to speak in other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. And I love that. And so we see here they got endued with power from on high. What does his power do? I'm going to I'm going to explain that to you. I'm going to go into that in a little bit more detail. But one of the things it does, it gives you boldness. When you're endued with the power of God from on high, you get bold. Amen. And you don't allow the devil to push you around. You don't allow the opinions of other people to. Some of us, listen, some of us might need to get out of our closet. We need to get out of the prayer closet into into, uh, the highways and byways and proclaim the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, there's a time to pray, but then there's a time to act. 
There's a time to be endued, but there's a time to start doing something. Amen. And so we, we, we see here that, that, that they preached. And, and let's look at this in Acts 2, 38 to 39. Peter says this way, and this shows the progression of salvation. Peter said to them in Acts 2, 38 and 39. Then Peter said to them, repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. For the promise is to you and your children, to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. So, so, so look at this. Repent and let every one of you be baptized. Repent means turn to Jesus. So number one, he says repent. What does repent mean? It's more than just, oh, I'm going to stop doing the bad things. No, repent is turning to God. It's saying, I'm, uh, yes, it's letting go of the bad things. It's letting go of the world, but it's embracing something better, God. So repenting is turning to God. Turning to God. So when he says repent, that's receiving Christ. Amen. Then he said, be baptized. Amen. That's being water baptized. And then he says here, then, then you will see the promise and that's being filled with the whole or being uh, not filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in that unknown language. Amen. So we see this and we see that Christ was preached in Samaria. So let's look at this because, listen, again, uh, I, I'm trying to talk to you this morning about that, that God wants us walking in his power today. Amen. He wants that power to break off anything that's on your life. And he wants that power to break off things that are in other people's lives. And I think sometimes the church has dumbed down the power of God. And I'm not going to dumb it down this morning. I'm going to ramp it up. Is that all right? Can can I ramp it up a little bit? I'm just going to ramp it up just a little bit. And I love this because it says in Acts 8, 4 and 8, Therefore, those who were scattered... You see, what happened was there was persecution in the church... Um, uh, and, and so they started leaving where they were at. So persecution came and because they were all gathered in one spot, it was good, but they started leaving and believers started scattering out. It says, therefore, uh, those who were scattered went everywhere preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ. Now, Philip was a believer, a spirit filled believer. And and he, Philip went down to the city of Samaria, preached Christ to them, and the multitudes with one accord heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did, for unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed, and there was great joy in the city. So we see this, that, that he wasn't just preaching. Uh, uh, yes, he was preaching the gospel. The gospel is power. And when he was preaching the gospel, God was confirming his word with signs following. And people were getting healed, delivered. They were getting delivered from demons. Do people have demons today, Pastor? That's Old Testament stuff. Sometimes I think we read the Bible and we think, well, that's back then. That's for them back then. That stuff doesn't happen here today. You ever read the Bible and, you, and you, we, what we do is we disconnect from the reality of the Bible. And we, and we don't see it as being real. We just see it as a story. Are you listening to what I'm saying? But it's real. Amen. And there's people that are, are, are bound up by demonic spirits that need to be set free. Amen. And you're the, you're the people that God's anointing to set some people free. 
Hallelujah. Probably the first person you need to get set free is yourself. Okay, we'll continue. The worst man is the worst person probably that you're dealing with right now is the man in the mirror. (laughs) In other words, submit yourself to God. Resist the devil. And he has to flee. Amen. Man, uh, man, okay. All right. Look at this. Apostles, uh, look at this. This is, this is powerful. This is powerful. In Acts 8, 14 through 17, this is powerful. We see that um, Philip went down to Samaria, but the apostles heard about it in Jerusalem. And it says when the apostles in, in Acts 8, 14 through 17, when the apostles who were at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God. They sent Peter and John to them who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had, for he had yet, he had not fallen on none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Notice that. Listen to what I'm saying here. Listen to what I'm reading here. It says, when the apostles that were at Jerusalem heard about Samaria. So apparently uh, Philip got them saved and water baptized. But apparently they, they did not have the, the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they sent the apostles. They must have thought that was so important for these believers to be baptized. They had to, they had to send out two of the mightiest apostles to go pray for them to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The, the, with, the, with, with speaking in other tongues. Amen. And so we see this, and so they sent them out, and it said they only been baptized. It, it sounds like they've only been baptized in, in the name of Jesus. Like they've only been saved. In, in other words, somebody say there's more. There is more, and, and we need that more. So some might debate, it says, and they, they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. And, and some may debate, well, pastor, it just says they received the Holy Spirit, but it doesn't say they spoke in tongues. See, it doesn't actually say that. So, 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 so I'm surmising here that maybe they still got filled, but didn't speak in other tongues. That, that sounds good, right? But, but if you look in the next verse, you see this man named Simon who was converted to be a Christian. He was a sorcerer, but he was converted to be a Christian. And when Simon saw that through the laying of of the apostles' hands that the Holy Spirit was given, he offered them money, saying, give me this power also that anyone whom I lay hands on may receive the Holy Spirit. So listen, you you don't want to buy something that nothing really happens. In other words, somebody may receive Christ and say, praise the Lord. Well, that's not supernatural. They may say, glory to God. Well, we can do that in the natural. But if they start, you know, he was actually trying to buy a gift. Why? Because they were doing something supernatural. They had to be praying in the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? And so it says here, and uh, uh, so it says here in Mark 16, 15, listen to this. It says in Mark 16, 15 through 18, this is Jesus speaking. And he said, And he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons and they will speak with new tongues. Notice this that says, in my name, they will cast out demons. That's something supernatural. Some will say, well, you speak in new tongues. That means you, you get a new vocabulary. Uh, I'm going to say this. You can get saved and you still can cuss. Oh. 
You don't start talking automatically nice when you get... Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? In other words, you, your spirit gets saved, but you've got to do something with this gray matter up here. Or it won't matter. You've got to get this thing renewed, man. Or you're still going to be cursing up a storm. Are you hearing what I'm You've got to get this thing renewed because your mind is not saved. Have you figured it out yet? <laughs> Have you figured it out? Your mind's not saved. It wants to go a whole different way. It probably told you ten, five times, don't go to church today. You don't need to go to church today. Oh, you hear your mind's, your body's not saved. You got to do something with your mind and with your body. And so when we renew it, we renew it to the word of God. We make it new again. Glory to God. Amen. And so, so when we renew our mind, then we start. But it says here, and these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. Somebody said, you you can be handling snakes pretty soon. I just might. No, I'm handling you guys. No, I'm kidding. But uh, (laughs) that was a joke. But are you going to be, listen, I believe that was put in there just for the apostle Paul. What are you talking about, Pastor? The Apostle Paul was on an island and a snake came up and bit his arm and he shook it off. Are are you listening? In other words, listen, if you're in the wilderness and a snake bites you and you can't get to the doctor, just shake it off. Plead the blood. Speak the word. He just shook it off. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? It's not about us seeing. It's not about me trying to see if I can handle a cobra or not. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Some people believe that. And they die in doubt and unbelief. Amen. And so so let's look at this. The outpouring of the Holy Spirit on non-Jewish believers. And it says here in Acts 10, 44 through 48. It says, when Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit. Now, see, Peter was sent to a house uh, Cornelius was a was a Gentile believer. Some say he was a proselyte, which means he, he believed in the God of Israel and he he he, he did the customs of the Jewish uh, people. He was, uh, you know, he was in a Judaism. And so he worshiped the one God. He worshiped God and God and God dispatched an angel and had Peter, you know, he had to dispatch the angel and told uh, Cornelius what to do. Cornelius had to get somebody to preach the truth to him. Angels can't, they're not allowed to preach the gospel. Only we can. We, we're, we're commissioned to do it. Angels aren't commissioned to do it. So Peter had to come, go through all that trouble to get Peter into his house. And Peter was speaking these words. It says, and he was, he, he was talking about Acts 10, 38. And then uh, how, how Jesus Nazareth was anointed with the Holy Spirit and power and went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed. Of the devil. And then in, in Acts 10, 44, when Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision who believed were astonished as many came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out on Gentiles. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Amen. So we see this, that they got the baptism of the Holy They were speaking in tongues. Wow. And this, and this is so amazing that, that, they, that, that the Holy Spirit fell upon them and gave them the gift too. And then Peter was like, wow, they're actually saved. Let's get them water baptized now. Are you listening to what I'm saying? So they were baptized. See, listen, you can receive Jesus. You can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Then you get water baptized. 
Or you can receive Jesus. You have to receive Jesus first. <laughs> you receive Jesus, you get water baptized, and then you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? God can work it any way he wants to. Amen. Amen. So let me give you some, uh, some, well, let me just say this. In Acts 19, uh, Paul, this was about 20 years after the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And Paul came up with some people that, that were water baptized by John. And the first thing Paul asked them was, have you received the Holy Spirit since you believed? That would, that's interesting because, he's, because that, you know, he must, you know, Paul knows that once you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you have the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit. But he's talking about something different. And then, then it says here in Acts 19, 1 through 6, it says that, 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 John, that, that Paul laid hands on them and they were baptized in the Holy Spirit and they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. Wow, that's powerful. When was the last time you spoke in tongues and prophesied? Well, I will keep going. But anyway, listen, God wants us speaking in an unknown language. He wants us walking in the power of God. Let me give you some benefits of this real quick, quickly, so I can at least get you excited about it. Uh, uh, there's some reasons why believers should desire the gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. It, number one, it's a supernatural sign to us and others that God's word is true. It's a supernatural sign. In Acts 2, 4, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them Utterance. In other words, it validates the truth of the Bible. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? It validates that. Uh, in Acts 10, 45 and 46, and those of the circumcision who believe were astonished, and, uh, going back to uh, Cornelius' house, for they, uh, for Peter, because of the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. And uh, number two, so number one, it's a supernatural sign to us and others that God's word is true. Number two, uh, reason, the blessing of the Holy Spirit upon us is the gift of tongues is for spiritual edification. I don't know about you, but I need to, you know, edification means being built up. I don't know about you. I get beat down a lot. I, sometimes the enemy will try to, does the, does the devil ever try to beat you down? You ever try to, the enemy will always, the other people try to beat you down. Amen. Are you hearing? I, I need to be built up. Amen. I need something to help me be built up. I, I, I just don't, yes, I'm a coffee man. I like coffee and it gets me going a little bit. But nothing like the Holy Spirit. Amen. Somebody say, I need an energy drink. No, I need the power of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And so, and so the, 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 the gift of tongues is for spiritual edification. In 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, but he who prophesies edifies the church. Number three, the gift of tongues is a supernatural way of praying to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak it to men, but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So we see here that speaking in, in this unknown language is a supernatural way of speaking to God. Amen. Think about that. That's powerful. That's a supernatural way of and, I, and it's a myst, it's mysterious because we don't know what we're saying. But God knows what we're saying. 
And, and sometimes we're praying out things. I believe we could be praying out our future. We could be praying out these mysteries to help us move forward in God. Somebody said, you know, you've heard the saying, pay the price. But some of us need to pray the price. Somebody need to tweet that one. But are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? Man. God is so good. So, so we see this, that the gift of tongues is a supernatural way of praying to God. Number four, the gift of tongues reminds us of the spirit uh, ever dwelling presence. Sometimes we just need to remind it that we're spiritual beings. Sometimes you need to be reminded that you're just not a natural person. Sometimes you just need to, you need to just remind yourself that you're saved. I need a reminder every once in a while. Why? Because I live in a corrupt world system that will try to, and I, and I, I, I encounter issues and problems like the regular world. But thank God I got the Holy Spirit with me that will help me encounter those issues and problems. See, Christians aren't exempt from problems. Christians aren't exempt from, from struggles. But we have the power of God to get us through those problems. Number five, the gift of tongues when utilized is in praying in line with God's perfect will. In other words, when you're praying out in the spirit, you're praying out perfect prayers. Sometimes your prayers aren't too perfect and you're out of your mind. Sometimes you are out of your mind. (laughs) Have you prayed anything and then glad that it didn't come to pass? Has anybody been there? Have you ever prayed, oh, Lord, get me hooked up with this one person. Get me hooked up. And you find out that person is not the one you want to be hooked up with. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? uh, Some prayers, you better be glad that God did not answer. And sometimes we just don't know how to pray. Sometimes there's things coming against us. And we don't have any idea. Lord, I have no idea how to pray about this. But something you got this. Well, I, I do have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Maybe I should try praying in the Holy Ghost about it. Maybe God can help me pray. And I, I'll do that. And say, Heavenly Father, help me to pray out what needs to be prayed out about this situation. I don't know how to pray as I ought. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today? And the Bible says this in, eight, in Romans 8, 26 and 27. Likewise, the Spirit also helps our weaknesses, for we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So, so, so it's a way of praying God's perfect will. It's a way of praying in tongues stimulates your faith. How, how many people need their faith stimulated? It says here, but in Jude, one, Jude 20 and 21, but you, beloved, building yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit, keeping yourself in the love of God. I love that part of it. The Lord revealed that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you know, and I'm going to talk about how it can give you rest. If you're walking in rest, you're not going to be irritated and you probably won't be sinning as much. See, when you're irritated and you're frustrated and you have pressure on you, it's easy to sin. But when you're walking in the peace of God, it doesn't matter what's going on in your life. Everything's fine. Everything can be falling apart around you. You know, everything can be, everything can seem to be, but you can walk in the peace of the storm. You believe that today? And that's what, see, the devil wants you all frantic and frustrated and stressed out. I don't want that in my life. 
So, so praying in tongues will, will, will help you walk in the rest of the Lord. It's a spiritual refreshing. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. Isaiah 28, 11 through 12. For with a stammering lip and another tongue, he will speak to this people whom he said, this is the rest which you may cause, which you may cause the weary to rest. This is the refreshing. Amen. What am I trying to do this morning? I'm trying to get you stirred up. I'm trying to get you to a place where you want to have this gift of the Holy Spirit operating in your life. You know, it aids us in worship. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, we'll be worshiping and sometimes you may hear somebody speaking in an unknown language. And and, and it it, it helps you to to give uh, thanks to God. I, I believe that. And the Bible talks about that in 1 Corinthians 14, 14 uh, through 15. It says, if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray with the spirit. I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with the spirit and I will sing with the understanding. What is he talking about? He's talking about worship here. Singing to the Lord. Yes. Amen. Uh, praying in, in tongues brings, brings, us, brings the tongue under subjection. How many people need to control this thing? James says it's an unruly evil, the tongue, and, and, it, and it wants to boast and speak wrong things. But you need, we need our tongues, amen, uh, controlled by the Holy Ghost. Amen. And so, and so some people believe, well, you know, pastor, you know, I, 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 I got it. I, I hear what you're saying. I believe that gift is, is relevant and, and it, it's important for the body, but it's just for special people. It's just for you up there because you've got to have it. You got, you're dealing with those devils all week. Amen. No, it's not just for me. It's not just for the fivefold ministry. We already read it was for the 120 in the upper room. We already read that, 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 that it was for, uh, you know, Cornelius and his family. We already read it was for those, those Jewish believers that got water baptized. So it's not just for a special group of people. Uh, Peter said this uh, in Acts 10, 34. In truth, I perceive that God shows no partiality. In other words, God's not picking and choosing who he's going to give the gift to. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you? I love it in Acts 2, 39. For this promise is to you and your children and to all who are far off, as many as the Lord our God will call. Amen. So, so, so he's saying the promise of what? The baptism of the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think sometimes, uh, let me just say it this way. I think sometimes we think that if God, you know, if you are not baptized, if you don't speak in tongues, sometimes we, th- we sit back and think, well, if God wants me to have it, he'll just give it to me. Have you ever think that way? Some, some of us are kind of like, we're kind of on the edge on it. If God really wants to have it, he'll drop the gift on me. Well, you know, that's good. But if God wants you to have salvation, will he just save you without you doing something? No, you know, if God wants you saved, there's a man part and a God part. You're going to have to call upon the name of the Lord. You're going to have to confess Jesus as your Lord. You're going you know, to say some, some will say, well, I'm waiting on God to save me. <laughs> Where are you going to wait a long time? Because the promise is already there. It's like a steak dinner that I serve you and I'm just waiting to eat it. Well, it's sitting right there. I'm not going to chew it up for you. No, you're going to have to receive. And same thing with the back to the Holy Spirit. Yes, God will sovereignly move. Yes, God can drop the Holy Spirit and you can speak in tongues like that. Yes, he can do that. That's God. 
But if you've been a, a believer for a long time, and let me just say this way. There's three reasons why believers don't receive this, the tongues. Number one is ignorance. They just don't know about it. Number two is fear. They they don't want God to have too much control of them. They're afraid that they might get out of control. Now, the Bible says that, 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 that you, listen, God can't make you do anything. Even being baptized in the Holy Ghost. He, can't, he won't even make you pray in the Spirit. You've got to do that voluntarily. So, I don't want to be out of control. You won't be. Sometimes some of us might need to just let go and let God. And, and, and the third reason why people don't receive, pride. I don't need it. I've been doing this walk. I know how to handle my issues. I know how to deal with it. I just don't need it. I, I'm fine. Pride. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? That's what, and, and listen, pride will keep us from really walking in the fullness of the blessings that God has for us. And, you know, listen, I want everything that God has for me. See, see, it didn't come easy. You know, receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit did not come easy for Pastor David. You know, I, I, I received Jesus. I got water baptized. People were coming out of that water speaking in a different language. I was in a line of people and they were coming out. I didn't think anything of it. I was just thinking about myself <laughs> when I was going into that water and I was nervous. And I went in, I came out and I felt the presence of God and the love of God and the peace of God and the joy of God. But I ain't speaking any language. Then I found out my brother, George, uh, that received salvation. He, he had this gift. And I'm thinking, if my brother had it, I better have it. And then I found out my other brother had it. I said, he has it too. What makes them better than me? And I said, I gotta have this gift. I can't, I can't do it. They got it. And these other people got it. What makes them better than me? Does God love them more than me? No. God loves everybody equally. He, and I said, I gotta have the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I, I gotta have it. So he said, listen, let me give you a couple keys. If you, if you never received it, a couple keys on how to receive it. I'm, I'm closing down. You must be open to believe that God wants you to have the gift. You can't, if you're close to it, I don't need it, I don't want it, then forget about it. As they say in New York, forget about it. You don't have to have it. Number two, we must have a desire for the gift. The Bible says desire, spiritually. You must have a desire. You must have a long, God, I want this. You've got to have a desire. Yeah. And number three, you must, you, you, you must have, you know, number three, to, to get it, you must ask God. You must ask God for it. If you, you ask him, the Bible says, ask and you shall receive. It says in Luke, it says, so I say to you, ask Luke 11, 9 through 13. I say to you, ask and you'll be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it'll be open to you. For everyone who asks receives and he who seeks finds to him or knocks it will be open. If a son asks for bread from his father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he give him a scorpion? See, what he's saying is, if you ask God for a spiritual gift, God's not going to give you a devilish gift. Amen. In other words, you're not going to be possessed by a devil. Praise the Lord. And so he says, if you then being evil know how to give good gifts, how much more your heavenly father will give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask. Amen. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you today? 
So, and, and number four, you must ask God for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Number four, you must receive it. I'm going to say this. There's some of us in here that are baptized in the Holy Spirit, but we just don't exercise it that much. We just don't pray in the Holy Ghost. And I want to encourage you to start doing that. And there's some of you that, 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 that just learned something today or understand. And, 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 and now you have a decision. Are you, are you going to desire this gift? And I guarantee you this gift will revolutionize your life. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, I just thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. And I thank you, Father, for those that are here in this congregation that are baptized with the Holy Spirit. And Father, I thank you for those that that now they're desiring. And I thank you, Father God, that you're going to do a work in each one of our lives. Perhaps you're here today or you're watching online and you don't know God. You don't have a relationship. Well, that's the first thing you got to do to receive the gift of of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If you don't know God, just say this by faith. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and my Savior. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.